Stephen, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome podcast <laughs> reviewer or whatever you can. And that's going to help us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappoint. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air. Yeah, we don't do the show live, but nice try, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us, and let's get into this week's podcast. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? Huh? I thought you were supposed to be friends. I thought you were supposed to love each other! Your love is weird! And toxic! And it destroys everything it touches! I no longer care about grades. Or biology. Or finally graduating from college like I promised my dying father. Steven, I missed your beautiful face. I oh, missed that, I miss that bright, beautiful, lovely face. I can't wait so I can feel it and touch it again. You know, I've, I've missed your hair, Zach. Your, your long, bountiful, curly, buoyant hair. And you're not, and you're not talking about what's on my head. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everyone. We're glad to be back. I know for people to be back, they have to have like gone somewhere in the first place. We didn't really leave, and but we're back, and we're glad you're here. Glad to be back. Glad to do this show. You can't disappoint a podcast. This is like, I think, our 52nd community episode. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a day past 49. You guys are halfway <laughs> to syndication. Hey. Good job. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, we're really hoping for a, a steamy like TBS deal where they're going to yeah. start airing back our show. We've got Alex Webster I with think, us here. Hey, yeah. what's up, everybody? If I could pick a channel for our show to be on, I think yeah. I'd pick like the History Channel <laughs> <laughs> or like... <laughs> that's the way it's going. You know, ESPN is broadcasting esports. The History Channel may as well start documenting the rise Television, podcast yeah. and streamer. Yeah, because when people think about the rise of podcasts and, and, and streamers, they think of us. We're, yes, the, we're, the, yeah. we're the champion of that. 
Lifetime Wait. would be solid too. You know, I want to advertise to moms, <laughs> but not like Hallmark moms. No, I mean I, Lifetime moms. I'm on the I'm on the History Channel train because I like the idea of this being like they re-air our podcast, but in like a Ken Burns style with a lot of dramatic, <laughs> oh uh, yeah, like photo rolls and maybe mm -hmm. some reenactments here and there. I think that'd be really great. Yeah, they could make it like pillows and blankets. Yeah, absolutely. Tuesday or after ancient aliens, <laughs> <laughs> or they have a bunch of like. Uh, like extra info, like the Amazon X-ray stuff, just like things pop up on screen, little there facts. There we go. Pointing oh, out like, so we could be on VH1 is what you're saying. Some like uh, <laughs> pop up behind the Like music the Disney pop up things where it's yeah. like, if you pay close attention, they're really just talking about Pop-Tarts and jelly donuts. <laughs> <laughs> when interviewed, Zach Efron said that they would make up funny little quips all the time. <laughs> Shortly after this podcast was recorded, Alex did get that part as young Joker. <laughs> Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, everyone. Hi, I'm Zach, and don't tell me what I'm feeling or thinking. It's petty. Hi, that. <laughs> I'm Steven, and one day I hope to make detective. But, like, not like detective security guard. I yeah. mean, like, detective, like, at, like, a mall, maybe. Like, I don't want to be, like, a campus detective. I want to be, like, a, I don't know, like, a CVS detective. I think it'd be great there. The CVS detective. Why are the receipts so long? <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show, everyone. Shout out to our $10 and up patrons over patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. We've got Mary Baker Medisa, Steven's mother. Uh, we've also got Danny M. Lugo and Melissa LaPena. If you like what we do here, go over there and support us. Yay. Thanks for, thanks for being willing to give us their money. No, just be it. It's, you know, they're existing in a plane that's really going to, you know, take them to the next level of, of fandom. You know, I, I, I like that, that we have our, our loyal lovelies, as, as we like to call them. And shout out, as always, to our community papa at communities on Twitter. Without them, uh, the, the membrane sack that contained us never would have been ripped open. And we're very glad that they're here to support us. So go follow at communities on Twitter if you haven't yet. You know, someone That's was asking me, Zach, how it, it, our births worked. And they were like, you know, how did it work with your mom? And I said, well, it Do really did this. Was this <laughs> you know, just, just a random person? <laughs> some guy on the street came up to me. <laughs> what was and, your birth? And like? I was and I was telling him that, you know, we, we weren't necessarily born from our mothers, <laughs> but we kind of came out of communities simultaneously like an alien when they rip out of your yeah. chest. Yeah. So that's why he doesn't claim us because he's embarrassed from the scar. But yeah, but don't I, be embarrassed. It's beautiful. <laughs> It was lovely. How are you doing, Steven? How's your week been? It's been good. Busy, but good. You know, lots of dancing, lots of uh, watching anime, watching more lately. You know, I watching I had, more. Yeah, I, had, I hadn't been watching a whole lot other than My Hero once a week. Um, but I've been watching a couple others lately. So that's always good in the hood. Now, Alex upping your intake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Alex, exactly. what's going on with you taking uh, the film and television industry by storm? Uh, yes, I am currently working on television as we speak. So it's nice. uh, been a ride. I'm working. You are on... live on the air, Alex. Yeah. Uh, a, uh, no, that's not really how guys... this works, Steven. <laughs> did you guys, you guys know what I'm working on? I don't know. 
I think um, the last I saw was the show Woke on Hulu, right? Yes, that's what I'm working on. So. I didn't watch it, but I remember getting advertised it on Instagram and thinking that the aesthetic looked interesting. Mm-hmm. It is very interesting. It shot um, two three nine. If 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 people care about that aspect ratio, um, yeah. I don't even. It, I don't know. That doesn't ring a bell to me. What is it's that? It's just like it's just like wide, you know, letterbox. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, it was advertised, and then I never saw anybody uh, talk about it after mm-hmm. it dropped. But season two is coming, and we're working on it. And I, th- I read all the scripts a few days ago, and I think it's pretty funny. So, what is your job on it? So I'm just post PA, like I've always been. Um, so in this show, mostly I'm just kind of like they're still shooting right now, so. Like I'm getting all the paperwork that's coming in, hmm. all the camera reports and all that stuff. And uh, just making sure it's all organized for us, but also for the editors who are cutting simultaneously. And uh, yeah, not really a whole lot going on this week. Uh, hence why I'm here. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a, it's a great time working from home. So it's sometimes nice. it feels like I'm not working at all. That's really nice. What yeah. uh, so was the pandemic? I guess is it starting to lift? Are you feeling like things are going back to normal? Uh, yeah, here in California, things are definitely back to normal. Um, there's pretty much no restrictions, no real mask mandates uh, anymore. Uh, this show, I think, this show is going to be like one of the last ones to be working from home because uh, yeah, it just like happened right at that tipping point where Mm -hmm. other shows are starting to go back to the office my girlfriend she's back in an office right now working on her show and um yeah uh, i think if this show were to come back for a third season we'd probably go back because it would be like next year um but not not today not for the rest of this year so um i don't know i feel happy was it tough making it through the workless months um, not with that uh, unemployment insurance, it wasn't. Hell yeah! But, hey, but bang, when bang. Uh, that when dried that up, ran man. out, then it was tough. Yes, uh, yeah. but we made it work, and then I was able to get on to uh, Ghost, um, and that yeah, from there I'm here. I thought it was funny too, actually, because like uh, the creators of Ghost, they created New Girl. Yeah, um, I really like New Girl. Morris on it, right? So there's a little bit of a connective tissue. And even more so, Rose McIver was in the first season of Woke as well, and she's a lead on Ghost. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Did Is Ghost moving forward? Yeah, they're moving forward. I just got kicked off of it because Dang. they're shooting in Canada. So. Oh, oh fair. that yeah. sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's the way it goes. Right. Like, shit, son. <laughs> yeah. Like, got picked up, and then, like, exactly a month later, like, that whole month, I was like, I'm just waiting here when the schedule starts. And then my post producer texts me and he says, Hey, they're moving production to Canada. So I'm not going to be on it anymore. And neither are you. (laughs) (laughs) But this came around and, you know, I got the job the old fashioned way and it's uh, been a good time so far. So I'm I'm really enjoying it. Nice. And what show is your girlfriend working on? Can you disclose? Yes. She is working on uh, the new Apple TV plus sci-fi drama at okay. um what's it called foundation you heard anything heard about this no no um isaac asimov you know he wrote 
all these novels back mm -hmm. in the 50s and 60s and shit. Uh, really influential sci-fi series, the Foundation series. It's being adapted into a huge budget uh, television series um, mm -hmm. of the same name. And I've seen the first couple episodes and it's actually pretty good. That's awesome. Nice. So um, the VFX is really crazy. That's what she's doing. She's working in the VFX department. Got the uh, Apple awesome. money. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 70 mil or something like that. Um, like what? Even their shows like the the morning show. I don't know how many million of millions of dollars uh, that show cost per episode, oh, but it was something it, insane. Yeah. Just because of the cast. Probably. Yeah. 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 So this show has really Lee Pace is in it. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, another guy. <laughs> plays a pretty big character i know he's recognizable by people i just don't remember his name but they're the only two that i know that are like super recognizable apparently the lead girl has never acted before oh wow um, wow but she's she's good everybody's good even the child actors are good so that's crazy it's nice. interesting i'll have to check it out i think recently an episode of mythic quest referenced the writer of that series and he was oh, like really? a, a character that was portrayed on it yeah um, mythic uh, quest has been pretty good in second season I haven't seen that show yet. How is it? The, a lot. So many community people really like that show because Megan Gans is one of the lead creative minds on it. And I yeah. think it's almost really, really good. It's got so much going right for it, but it just still feels like, like it's a couple steps away from being what I really want it to be. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I felt that way a lot about Ash versus Evil Dead. Oh, sure. Mm, yeah. yeah. I, I did watch all of that and it had some really high highs, but it didn't ever reach as high as like the first couple episodes did. Yeah. I just never thought it was super consistently. Like I think of this as this is great. Like this is mm -hmm. just, I thought it was just good with some great moments, but the last season I remember not caring about at all. Oh with, yeah. Like, that's his right. daughter. Yeah. I remember, I remember reading cause that was, that was the result of a bunch of like behind the scenes. A bunch of people drama. like yeah. showrunners left. I think every season. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Sucks. Well, anyway, let's talk about uh, another series where we're getting close to showrunners. Talk about uh, leaving uh, every uh, behind the scenes <laughs> drama. Yeah. Uh, season three, episode three of community competitive ecology. We've been having some pretty heated discussions about season three before this because the first two episodes were a little bit of a mixed bag so i'm interested to see mm -hmm. uh what we all think of this one it was directed by anthony russo who had 14 directing credits i think last week steven you were trying to figure out which of the two had I done had more, more and it's joe joe has like 20 something wow uh and it was written by maggie bander this is her first writing credit and she only other than this writes in season four she wrote conventions of time and space and she was one of the writers on heroic origins and it originally aired on october 6 2011 uh and, I, and i'm excited to talk about it you, you alex you just mentioned the behind the scenes stuff on community and i think season three is really interesting to watch from that perspective because nothing had exactly happened yet but it feels like there's a lot of like to me when i watch it it feels like there's a lot of tension Mm. bubbling okay. like like whether it's people's reaction to the show thinking the show's going to get canceled uh starting to have some problems with people on the set i don't know it, it feels slightly different this season i'm not sure all of what it is it's visually a little different i think it's lighter and it's like more brighter primary colors in this season have, have mm -hmm. you noticed that at all steven yeah i think that it definitely looks like the the makeup on the characters is better there to the point in the show where they like, they look a little prettier looking prettier. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and I think, yeah, the lighting's different. I don't know whether it's more like high def or what it is that makes it look higher quality. I suppose what Alex, do you know like when, a the, TV when the switch yeah. to high definition on TV was? Uh, that would have been like in the mid to late 2000s. So like, was it before 2010? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought maybe it was like early 2010s. I want to say remember that when everyone had to like, you couldn't have the regular definition thing anymore. So I remember have when to have this box, the intro box. to the Simpsons changed and they got a mm. digital box instead of their old antenna. Well, that's <laughs> cute. Yeah. I want to say that like, most shows were totally shooting HD by like 2008. Like stuff that premiered in 2008 was probably all definitely HD. Um, I know some shows, I want to say like South Park and like It's Always Sunny. Like there was, they have like some four, three seasons, right? Oh around. yeah, they sure did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that like, was almost like a guerrilla style yeah. filming of that show for the first season at least. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Before we get into what we thought of the episode, let's do some trivia. I put together four questions. I have, I think I have four as well. I think that's that's all I could muster today. And I'm here to answer eight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll start off. What's the pricing and drink minimum for the water fountain? I think it's 25 cents a sip and two drink minimum. Mm-hmm. Ding, that ding, will ding. be reflected <laughs> on your <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> um, what two special Lego spinoffs does Professor Kane mention? Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Star Wars. Yes. Nice. Lego Star Wars, great games. I haven't played any of the Lego games. That's I feel true. like there Lego were Indiana Star Wars Legos. Cool. Are Legos as old as the original trilogy of Star Wars? You would think so. I feel like there Legos had been specially... The 70s or 80s. Sure, Legos have become more of like an adult toy just as mm-hmm. much as a kid's toy but i feel like there were star wars legos a long time ago i don't think that's new professor kane maybe i don't know can can somebody fact check that please can... i'm fact checking it right now thanks alex um <laughs> it's your question zachary okay chang needs answers like a fish needs what a bike <laughs> a bicycle yeah a bicycle bad bad <laughs> um what word does chang refer to as a palomino arizona arizona too easy yeah. mm-hmm. my uh, okay what is chang's mannequin wife's name oh shoot this is almost one of my questions is it victoria that's or really is close it veronica it's veronica veronica um who did abed and troy dress up as Eddie Murphy uh, and Nick Nolte was the other yeah. one. Yeah. My last question. What Nick are Nolte. the <laughs> wow. Nick Nolte impression? You've been working really hard on that. <laughs> Nick Nolte. This guy can make me doing You can only DC. say you can only be him saying his own name. All my but... impressions are just people saying their own name. <laughs> Let's hear a couple others. Michael Kane. <laughs> Sean Connery. Okay, that's enough. What are the Dean's first questions when he discovers the cafeteria had been on fire? I know he asked, is, was it what the hell happened and did I miss the fireman? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Those are some softballs. Yeah, okay. Here is my last one, especially a softie because they're there are wrong answers, but it's a pretty <laughs> opinionated question. Okay. Um. If you had to pick a lab partner, yeah, how would you rank the group, one through eight? Oh man, I gotta think pretty hard. Jeff would be pretty low. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like Troy would be pretty low if I'm just thinking about uh, who would do well because I'm definitely not an academic. I I ranked Pierce it would as be though, pretty like, low. I want to get a good grade, but I also want to have a good time. You know, so I, I mean, to think who could I muster the, you know, who would I want to be around the most if I were a student at Greendale? That's true. I still feel like I'd probably try to go with Annie just because I know she'd do everything, and then Abed would be a top choice. And then Shirley mm-hmm. would be probably, I'd probably have the same issues that the study group had with Shirley. Yeah. You know, she, <laughs> she's a mom and I'm a, a, a kid in comparison. And I don't know how much fun that would be. I'd probably go Abed or Annie. Nice. Did yeah. you have anything different or would you say anything different? Uh, Alex, do you have any thoughts? Oh, I was just going to say that Annie is, it's obviously that Annie's the number one choice, but I sure. think the real question is, is she the number one choice because you would want to do as much work as she does or because you want mm. her to do all the work? That's true because she would do all the work and I'd want her to do all the work yeah. not because I'd want to do as much work as her. But she sure. might have the attitude of like, I'm not just going to do everything. You have to do this and this mm-hmm. and tell you yeah. like specific tasks. So maybe someone like Shirley would be better. Yeah, I so I had Todd top of all. Oh, I didn't even think of Todd. I always think of oh, Todd. Yeah. Um, Annie, I don't. I didn't consider next. non-groupers. <laughs> no, he's offense. a stranger. Um, then Abed, and then Troy and Britta were in the middle for me. They Troy and Britta would be really fun, fears. but you yeah, wouldn't but get a wouldn't great grade. Good. Which is why I put Troy above Britta because I think that as they both have their struggles with school, I'll say. But like, I, I'd rather. I think I would go with Britta because we could both just like go get high and then like <laughs> get lost in some bushes. Yeah, and. I mean, honestly, like it looked like everybody just like found some sticks and some leaves for their terrarium. So it couldn't have been that hard. It looked like Magnitudes and Vicky's was literally just a caterpillar. (laughs) That's just what it was. I found the oldest Star Wars Lego sets. Wow. They're from 1999. They're uh, old, but not. Yeah. But he was was definitely in jail during that time. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking when I was watching it today in the first episode, were we given a specific reason why he had been in jail? Do we know what happened? Do we know what he did? I don't don't think think so. so. He said how long he was in jail, didn't he? Yeah, right. Was it, would he have been in jail in 1999? Was it like 15 years or like 20? He said half his life. Okay. Okay, wow. I mean, that time it was only 10, 10, 11 years from that time, 12 years. I guess you're right. It well, feels weird crossing millennia. Mm-hmm. We did pretty well with each other's trivia, and I have a feeling that probably won't carry through with yeah. whatever people say. Maybe sent it in. will. We really got everything. That was great. Yeah, but they were easy. Eh. Okay. They're probably going to be really hard. Um, this email I'm going to open first. It says competitive Anozira Anozira ecology. What does that mean? I don't know. Um, it's from E. Christie. Um, hello during a random dessert. My name's Liz. I'm writing in from Arizona. No affiliation with Matchbook Company. Nice. You guys kill me, and listening to your show keeps a smile on my face when I'm stuck at work, so keep being you, boo-boos. Maybe oh, you Liz. should do your job. <laughs> <laughs> I love this episode, and I find myself quoting it all the time, even though most people don't get the reference when I jokingly say, I had to think fast under my breath. <laughs> I also appreciate appreciate ooh, there you go. the juxtaposition between the obvious neurosis of Chang and the slightly less obvious neurosis of the study group. Hmm. Although the study group definitely had some see-through yellow pins, 
so I can do that thing where you color in the words. Nice reference. My MVP and funniest moment both go to Chang this week. I love Chang's monologue when he's in the bathroom, particularly the line, Arizona backwards is still Arizona. It's a Palomino. Also, I feel like this is one of the first episodes where we get the classic Chang open mouth face that he makes. That's definitely something that Kim Jong has talked about a lot. He started doing it as a way to make other people on set laugh. And then it just became a thing of the character where he does that like dead face with his tongue, like sticking out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I just did it for a for visual example. Sorry to the listeners that you couldn't see that. Um, anyway, here are some questions. Okay. One, what sciencey word was on the poster you can see behind Dr. Kane's Whoa. office door? No, nope. I have no idea. <laughs> it's ecology. What is it going to be like? He doesn't teach ecology. He teaches biology. Oh. <laughs> what if the word is just biology? There mm. we go. Either that or what's the thing? Um, mitosis. <laughs> I think we should move on. <laughs> um, number, number two, finish this line. Okay. People just can't handle the truth about blank winter collection. Mm, I remember the line. It's Jeff says it, and he's talking about what he's what he's wearing. I think I don't. Rem- he's he's talking about some of uh, like clothing line. The name yeah. of the brand. It wasn't like I- Mark Jacobs, was it? It wasn't no, that. It, it was, was a name like- that I didn't know. Yeah, it was a male name, I think. Though you're right. Ben, I think that gets us at least ben, like an eighth of a point. It was ben yeah, like something. I should ben, be Ben for knowing Ben me. Masters, Ben. Johnson, Ben. There you go, buddy. Let's just keep going down the list. We'll get it. Yeah. Just open Um, up a phone book. (laughs) Number three. Based on the information that's given, what were the rankings of the study group members? Plus Todd and Abed's algorithm, assuming Pierce was number seven. Okay, so Jeff and Todd were four and five. Todd was four. Jeff was five. Number one would it have been Annie. Number eight was Shirley. Shirley. Seven. So six would have been Britta. Probably. I think six was because of the uh, Troy and Britta thing where Troy's like, I think I'm more popular in this pairing. And Britta says, no, you're not. And Abed says, yeah, he is. yeah, yeah. Six was Britta. So two was three, Abed, two and three one was Troy. Did we one see who Annie. say who three would be? Troy. Probably Troy, Troy. Yeah. OK, I think we did it. Seems yeah. fair enough. OK. Oh, there are answers. Truly, Liz. Number one, osmosis, like Jones. <laughs> I said something that had osis in it. Yeah, you were um, close. Two is Ben Sherman's. You did say Ben. I did say Ben, and I did say Sherman at some point. I think, but I said. I don't Sherman know if I. I don't know if I can check the tape. <laughs> um, okay, number one, Annie. Two, Abed. Three, Troy. Four, Todd. Five, Jeff. Six, Britta. Seven, Pierce. Eight, Shirley. We got it. Thank okay. you, Liz, for writing in. Yeah, thank this you. Was, that was great email. You really boosted our egos. You can do that whenever you want. Um, The next email is from our proud papa. Hi, guys. Just poor Todd. My MVP for this episode is Chang. He sells the crazy. This episode is also a forgotten gem of moments, even if it isn't everyone's favorite episode. Trivia, just two. How many times did Todd say none taken in the episode? Oh, my God. I don't know. Like Like 17. I don't okay, think it was six, that high of a number. 17. We're not going to keep a running tally while we go through the episode. There's no way we're going to do that. Please. I have no idea. Um, what are three things the gang decides is wrong with Todd at the end? Oh, like when they're all talking over each other yeah, and say he, he has, has like a, a big single tear. Like he won't his shut up about his baby. kid, his, his baby. baby. 
um, non-taken. They don't like his catchphrase. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was three. Um, have a great one, guys. Me, Matt. There are answers. Thanks, Daddy. Dylan said it five times. We all went high. Okay. I said seven. You said six. I, you were close. I, I said eight. Close. You said um, seventeen or something like that. <laughs> I said eight and a half. I'll have to check the tape on that one too. Um, times two. Uh, and. The answer for Todd was his weird hair, his head, his and weird his dumb hair. baby. Thanks, okay. Dad. Thanks, Pops. Hope you're proud of us. Happy Father's I don't, Day. I doubt he is. Why would he be now? He did wish me a happy birthday, and I said something about like him being Dad, and he said, don't you mean Pop Pop? And I was like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. And then he said, happy birthday, Stephen, from Matt, not your father. And that is the only birthday message I got from a father. A father figure ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Okay. This next one, the subject line is big booty bitches. Okay. Which means it can only be from Lil over at Peep Reviews on Twitter. Hey, boys. You can call me Craig. I'm just a regular Joe. In school, did y'all ever find your way to have a friend as a schoolwork partner and then not do well on your project? Yeah, I didn't because I would pick my smart friends and they would let me just do the artwork slash legwork. Shout out to Ellie in our chemistry class. Um, all right. Now our questions. Did, I'm sorry. Did, did y'all ever find a. I mean, I feel like I never did well in school and doing well on the project had nothing to do with. I, I wanted to be with one of the three people I was friends with in the class. Mm -hmm. And that was all I cared about. Yeah. Same. Um. What were the gang's excuses for not being with their assigned partners? Mm. Well, Jeff and Abeds are both that they have developmental yeah. disorders. I think Annie said, she said, it's not you, it's me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Troy has to catch up on Breaking Bad. Yeah. yeah. So there's four. Britta. Um, I don't know that I'm going to remember all of them. That yeah. might be me tapped out. Shirley said remember. something religious didn't she <laughs> probably <laughs> you're killing it buddy thanks i don't know what are the answers steven um i don't think this was gonna have answers because lil doesn't normally ask questions with definitive answers so i <laughs> think they're gonna <laughs> leave um what later. basketball players connected to the arizona conspiracy larry bird larry bird, larry bird. he called Indiana someone native yeah he called someone i went to church with to play basketball with him the n-word <laughs> they fought um, in college. Larry Bird, friend of the show. Larry Bird, come on the show. Talk <laughs> about, about Bird, it. Friend of you use the N-word often? <laughs> come on. on, let's find let's out. Let's talk about it. Um, what does Britta use to catch the poll votes on fire, per Shirley? Her, Her marijuana, marijuana lighter. <laughs> um, do you know, did you know Magnitude was the Quidditch announcer? Because I didn't. Of course I know. Luke... Youngblood, yeah. he's in the first maybe two Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Well, cute. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, how many drinks of water can you take before it's extra on your tuition? I don't think that's, that's not what, what that was, meant. Lily. It's that <laughs> uh, you had to. There's a two drink minimum, so if you don't use your two drinks, it would show up on your tuition. Would it be fifty cents or would it be a steep yeah, price? Fifty cents. Yeah. Um, who did Pierce have sex with? Honestly, score, she's a babe. Eartha Kit. Yeah, obviously, Eartha if you're familiar Marcus. with next week's episode, Eartha Kit in an airplane bathroom. Mm -hmm. um, he's Yo, never told anybody now. except those guys. 
Uh, what does the list stink like? It stinks like a butt convention. <laughs> there we go. Zach, what did yeah. you learn about science in Christian school? <laughs> <laughs> to take it with a grain of salt. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, okay, my MVP this episode is Chang, but Todd is a shining star, but Abed's facial expressions are a one. I think it, that's A1, buddy. Oh, A-1. <laughs> yeah, I thought Abed had some really great facial expressions all throughout the episode. <laughs> I was thinking it was like a one. like first A lot time. of like shaking his head no when people are yelling about something. <laughs> Um, solid episode. Every time we watched it, Zach likes to watch things three times and I hang out. I found something different that made me laugh. See y'all at the Detective Awards sent <laughs> from Blackberry. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, that was good. All right, let's move into the next thing, which, Alex, I think this is something new since the last time you've been here. Uh, okay. We Now, before we get into each episode, Steven has a task set out for himself where he has 20 seconds to, to describe as much of what happened in this episode or as little as he thinks to tie it all together. He has 20 seconds to see if he really paid attention to the episode this week. And at the end, I give him a letter grade based on how good of a job I think he did. And, and you can throw in on that, too, if you want. You okay. can also I'll give you an honorary fish grade. I, I don't know what that means, but I'm excited to find out. Let, we're going to find out as fish a... Fish with a, an eye or like the band? A fish as an eye. Nice. We're going to find out as a unified nation. We're all going to bow our heads and learn together. Did Steven watch Did the episode Steven this watch week? watch the episode this week? Are you ready, buddy? I got it set. I, I'm ready. I'm feeling okay this week, which normally right. means it's going to go poorly. But I'm 20 feeling, seconds oh, on cat the sleeping back there. Now's not the time for distractions. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Now's the time for dedicated effort. I know that you slave away on these on these descriptions every single week. I do. You stay I up all like night. Typing it up. <laughs> typing it up. All right. 20 seconds on the ticker. Three, two, one, go. It's biology class and Legos have changed, but the study group's got to be paired up for the year. But they're with randos. Oh, no. So they throw a fit and they get put with each other. They don't really like each other that much, but Todd's still there. Todd's great. Chang uh, wants to be a detective, so he's taking everything way too seriously. and He's doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Then he accidentally sets the place on fire. He's got a leg. The dean's like, cover it up. You're the boss now. And then the study group realizes that they're awful, but then they don't realize it. Hmm. The only thing that I don't think counts with your time is, but they don't realize it at the end. I think you did a pretty amical job there you fit a lot of stuff in mm -hmm. i'll give her a b plus thank you i think that was solid alex clownfish nice <laughs> that was everything i could have hoped that it would be for a rating that means i'm a star baby oh man the last thing we've got to talk about is picking out a favorite funny moment of the episode and i'll just be forthright and i didn't think of one i thought this was a very funny episode packed with all kinds of funny moments i just forgot to write one down and i just want to be honest with the people steven um i like this episode but i don't think i found it quite as funny all throughout as maybe some of the other world does but i thought that the chang conspiracy stuff was really funny and i thought when britta threw the flaming ballots on top of the turtle that was really funny i was gonna think if anything the comedic culmination of the entire episode is obviously Todd's monologue at the end and yeah uh, it pays yeah. off really well Alex did you have anything that stood out uh, I'm similar I think I think this episode's 
consistently funny. It's not really that it has a standout moment, but it does have some good builds like the Todd thing and, uh, you know, Chang's uh, rise to head of security as well. Like it's definitely an episode that's like reflecting the steady group, but also setting up the end game. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I, I don't like what happens with Chang later in this season, but I definitely get a kick out of him as a security guard. So I can't really write that against it because I really enjoy how it is now, but they take it a little too far later in the season. Yeah. I do think this is probably the best episode of the season so far, for sure. Yeah, I do want to talk about that. The first two episodes we had issues with. The first episode was really inconsistent and in its had tone. Some discourse on the first one, I feel like. Yeah, I felt like in the first episode, all of the characters were really unlikable and not for a good reason, and it just wasn't a lot of fun. Last week's episode had some kind of problematic Jeff and Annie stuff that was a little on the creepy side, uh, along with having some kind of lazy story writing in it. And then this week, yeah, let's talk about what we thought. I thought it was a lot closer to to what I want out of the show. It still feels a little bit different from season two, but it was really consistently funny. I think every single character, both like main cast and the couple of outliers all had really great moments throughout the episode. And the characters are all still really unlikable in this one, but the episode does something with that. And that's kind of the Mm -hmm. point of the episode. And I really enjoyed a lot of things about it. Do you think um, like with the earlier episodes and what's coming after, do you think, and what we were talking about earlier, too, with how the season just feels different, shot different, lit different, whatever. I think it's reflective of the darker tone that the show is taking on for this season. Yeah. Um, considering all the things that is going to happen or has happened or sure. what this particular episode is saying about the study group. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think that that kind of all like has been fitting together, I think, to I mean, the first you Jeff's like freak out in the first episode where he yeah. acts as the... The, the season starts with that statement of this this year is going to be really bright and happy mm-hmm. and everything's going to be better. And then instantly everything is way worse than it's ever yeah. been. Uh, and yeah, I guess I do think a lot of it is on purpose, but I don't know. I, I feel like we've spent too much time with these characters to, for them to all just become completely unlikable all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, I think that the show needed to go this way because when I was watching this episode, I was thinking a lot about how if I were at Greendale, I couldn't be in this study group because everybody would just piss me off too much. Like, you know, <laughs> like the very reason why the show exists as it does is because everybody is very selfish. You know, yeah. all of these characters, like they're always fighting with each other. And they're always, you know, taking they're always just being really vain in terms of how others are perceiving them or how. Do you think that's consistent across the board? Do you think all of the characters act that way? I think Abed, probably not. Abed, you know, he's like one person who's self-aware, but everybody else, you know, has varying degrees. All right, well, let's dive into it. I really liked how the beginning of this episode, it feels almost the least community the community has yet the way that it sets up kind of Chang's morning routine. And I thought it was a really weird, but interesting and funny way to start off the episode. One of the cast's favorite things to reference is the charred mannequin leg that uh, Chang is unexplainedly in a relationship with in this episode, (laughs) that he's living behind the coffee shop, but he's he's just got this bright spirit about him now that he's the security guard. I love the the shot of him, him stretching and yawning and kind of looking at the day ahead of him. 
this is the second episode in a row now where I think they've used Chang really, really well. Mm-hmm. And he's not. La- last week was the one where uh, Chang and Britta have their standoff to Lionel Richie's hello throughout the episode. <laughs> and it was a really, really good use of the character. And Chang is always funny. And Ken Jong always delivers more than he needs to with the character. But uh, he's often used confusingly. And it just seems like they're kind of figuring him out and letting him be even weirder in this season i've really liked it so far yeah i think it's so funny that he's like talking himself up to the mannequin leg like oh you know the the you know i've put in my time like you know I've, now's the time i'm gonna make detective you know you get, get right you're, you're sleeping with a, you, yeah <laughs> you're gonna be sleeping with a detective tonight is that what he says <laughs> yeah and then we get the study group everything starts off innocently enough they're they're just all making each other laugh and and smile you know they get uh they think it's cute that annie doesn't know nick nolte when troy references nick nolte thought that was funny the water fountain bit for just being a random thing thrown into the episode that i don't think we ever see again i thought was (laughs) really inspired i thought this was a really great bit looking at it with hindsight i feel like it's connected to what the dean does at the end of the episode because when he, he has that moment, he's like, that's a moment I realized I was in trouble. Wait, <laughs> it has to be financial trouble, hence why he's doing these uh, crazy yeah. additions. Do you think the, the school struggling like it is or like it appears to be, do you think it is meta commentary from the creators of the financial situation of the show? That's Maybe, only idea. only if you think that John Goodman's thing is referential to somebody taking the money that they should that they feel they should have. I don't know if it goes that deep, but I just feel like this is the season when it really becomes apparent that they don't really shoot outside anymore, that they're always kind of confined in the same couple of sets that they have. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's looking into it too far, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do think of it that way. Yeah, definitely could be. I thought it was a really great bit. I love that we're getting more of the Dean this season. This is We've talked about how this is the season where he becomes a series regular on the show. And I think the show is so much better for it. Yeah. Uh, I love seeing the Dean in every episode. And in seasons one and two, you didn't quite get enough of him. He, he wasn't quite in it enough for my taste. <laughs> Jim Rash, in this episode, it really stood out to me how wonderful his facial expressions always mm-hmm. are. Uh, they mentioned on the commentary that they're jealous of the way that he uses his eyebrows to emote. Yeah. And so <laughs> once they great. pointed that out, I couldn't help but watch it the whole time. And he really does with just about the Dean isn't in it a lot, but he takes a lot of turns of like thinking about what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and, and you kind of see him uh, go through each layer of figuring out what he thinks he's figuring out. And he uses his eyebrows every time he goes to like the next step of thought. And I think it's, yeah. it's really, really, I don't know, Jim Rash. I could just heap praise on him for probably an entire podcast. The, the <laughs> fact that he's an Oscar award winning writer and he's got this yeah. comedic sitcom, just these chops. Uh, it's so impressive. He's so funny. And the way that they kind of match up Chang and the Dean in the episode a little bit too, I think is funny. Their moment at the end of the episode is probably one of my favorites of the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I really like that homewrecker joke from yeah. the janitor. Yeah. Yeah. Homewrecker. Yeah. I've been married to this mannequin leg that I found in the boiler room <laughs> and it's been passed around. <laughs> Super funny. In the biology classroom, I really love, I, so far I've, I don't remember liking him this much, but I've really liked Professor Kane a lot. Yeah. I think all of the little things he does in this episode, he's a a, a harsh 
presence, but he's a, a much needed like real life guy mm-hmm. who's in this world that's so zany. And the show returns to that well a lot more later as they add more characters. But but Kane is a really good example of it. And I think he's really funny. I wish they would have used him a little bit more than what they did. Uh, yeah, I'm liking him a lot so far, too. And it's somebody that, you know, last time they had John Oliver as a teacher, right? And he likes Jeff. He's a friend to them. He likes... He's, he's part of the zany. Yeah, so that was like, they don't have somebody to check them regularly, you know? And even Chang was so caught up in his own crazy stuff when he was their teacher that it's not like he was telling them they were bad people. So this is, it's it's good to have someone to kind of take them down a notch consistently. I wonder, I mean, I'm sure maybe that went into when they designed the teacher character for this season. It needed to be someone who, as things are going a little bit darker, and I guess we're going to tell a lot of stories this year about the study group being really absorbed within themselves and not really able to see outside of themselves too easily, that Kane's a really good figure for that who can kind of give them shit because, yeah, I don't know, his life has been hard and he's worked so hard. What, Alex? I I was just going to say nobody else is going to give the study group like they're not going to take him to task like yeah Williams will. i think exactly. kane does hear what paget does in the final season with frankie and maybe that's a little bit more of a fully realized character that they that they yeah bring into the foreground a little bit but i would have liked that with, with kane or kind of like how hickey is it reminds me of how jonathan banks is in his season here's an idea okay i think somewhat in the beginning of the show they kind of played Jeff is like the straight man compared to everybody else. Mm -hmm. But now that Jeff is being continually exposed as his selfish self, do you feel like they wrote this character in because they needed that presence? I mean, Mm -hmm. we're talking about it, but like because Jeff is now like basically beyond the pale. where One of the worst of all of them. Yeah, exactly. If not the worst. We talked a lot about how we didn't really like Jeff very much in season one because he was supposed to be the cool down to earth guy, but he was doing things that could be interpreted the same way as the things that he does now. But it felt like the show didn't call attention to it then or always know that they were doing it or willing to go past him just being like the cool guy at the front Mm -hmm. of the circle. But I think I like him a lot more as he becomes not a tertiary character, but someone who just sits around the room and cracks jokes like everyone else does. But also we see that he's deeply, deeply, I don't know, something's going on there. He's got attention issues. He's got uh, self-worth issues. Uh, Definitely the way that he's constantly shown how similar he and Pierce are is something that he is really unable to to filter. I don't know. I I really like what they do with Jeff more. Now that we know more about Jeff, we understand the motivations behind what he's doing now. Like when he would act that way at the beginning of the show, it was portrayed as though he's doing it because he's, you know, he's the cool guy. He's got this. But really, it's because he desperate, desperately needs their like attention and like admiration and to bring him up. And he's very self-conscious and stuff like that. And, and like you said, they compare him to Pierce so closely and it gets so much more clear. as. And the sometimes they don't on. even have to. Jeff can just see it. Yeah. It's great. It's a classic example here of Kane kind of talking down to the study group, how they all just pile into his office and and explain that they need to do or that he needs to do what they want him to do. And and Kane like doesn't understand it, doesn't really care and lets them just kind of do whatever they want. I like the way they list off all of the things that they had done as a group like, oh, yeah, we're famous. You've heard of us, Mm -hmm. especially Abed's paintball and then paintball Two. a couple. (laughs) I thought that was really funny. 
Pierce talking about having sex with Eartha Kitt in airplane bathroom. This episode was supposed to be episode four. Mm -hmm. It was the fourth episode produced. And even in the beginning of Remedial Chaos Theory, we see that Abed and Troy's new apartment is 303. So the production code of the episode. I wonder why they would make this because TV shows all the time get their orders shuffled around. But I it just seems like a really weird. They just flipped these two. I wonder what else was airing. Like simultaneously, if there was a show that had an episode that had a lot of buildup airing at the same time, maybe they thought they'd get better ratings the next week. But I don't see what that would have to do with community because I don't think Remedial Chaos Theory, as amazing of an episode as it is, it wasn't exactly like to to the masses, you can't miss the new yeah. community. I, I don't know. I, I, I wonder why they would have done it. There probably isn't much of a reason to why they did it. Maybe even, I, I don't know. But it, it seems like it's a pretty old-fashioned thing now that i think about it like like shows like this or uh other network sitcoms like brooklyn 99 or whatever like Mm -hmm. i feel like you know they're loosely connected episode to episode but you know they're all pretty much self-contained so the network feels like they can just kind of shuffle them around but yeah i don't really think about this kind of thing anymore at least it did used to happen a lot some shows it happened Uh, a little more where it affected the show because they were more Mm -hmm. connected. Like the famous one is Firefly being really mixed around by the network and aired out of order when it had a continuity throughout the show. Yeah, Uh, I think really they they did it with Arrested Development's first season. And I think that hurt that show a little bit because that one is so dependent on building up a -hmm. a backstory that they go back on community. You're right. I think it is a little bit more, there are things that carry out over seasons, but more often than not, the study group ends where it starts off. I, I don't yeah. think it does it in an annoying way like some sitcoms do. I feel like they often find ends to conflict that that works well. So you're not like, oh, so now we're all happy again. You know that they're friends mm-hmm. and they're going to come back to each other at the end. But it is a little I, – I guess I can see why the network would think they could put any episode whenever, but I don't understand why they would want to do that. Yeah. Well, when you get a – uh high ratings then you can do whatever you want but when you don't the network does whatever it wants right Mm. that's true we totally missed the moment that i uh, that i thought was really funny when they get paired off originally with all of the other people and we just like pan as we see each of them (laughs) seeing the the head of the person they've been paired up with and troy's delivery of who are these people i thought was really 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 great And then here, now we get all of the different explanations why they can't be partnered up. Annie, it's you. It's not you. It's me. Britta is trying to protect both of them from more pain down the road. We got Jeff and Abed's and Troy on Breaking mm-hmm. Bad. Shirley just said, I'm sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I have a developmental disorder. Star Wars, Star Wars. Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. You understand. What do you guys think about uh, uh, Jeff's line here? Is it funny? Is it in bad taste? Does it not stand the test of time? Is it funny even though it's kind of in bad taste? I think it's kind of funny. I think it's, it's fine. just Jeff's line. Like he, yeah. he's too lazy to come up with his own reasons, you know. Yeah, like my favorite... Movie. Character. My favorite part of it is after he says like Star Wars, Star Wars, he's like, nah, yeah, you, you get it. You understand. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's not even really yeah. not really trying that, that hard part. to fake it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because it would have been easier just to say, like, I don't want to be your partner. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're then introduced the to Todd. Of the show. And uh, they paired this up really well if they're going to focus on Todd to have Pierce be his original partner mm-hmm. because none of the group are smart enough to think about how there's only seven of them. And of course, Pierce is always going to be the odd man out in that situation. Yeah. So Pierce, out of all of the study group members, gives a more 
in-depth, like kind of mean telling off Todd, <laughs> why he doesn't want to be with him. And then immediately realizes that, Oh wait, I'm kind of stuck with Todd and chasing after him. They said on the commentary that I thought was kind of funny that I guess Chevy was really cranky when they were filming this episode. He didn't like how mean they were being to Todd. And one Aww. of the people said, which I didn't really get because it's like Chevy, <laughs> which I thought was funny that he was weird about yeah. having to be mean to people on That's camera, funny. but he was probably being mean to them about being mean on camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is Mel Rodriguez's last episode as oh. one of the other security guards. And he's been a really welcome presence. He's definitely been the straight man to Chang's crazy mm-hmm. man. But he's such a good, funny presence, and I, I'm glad to yeah. see him. Alex, have you watched or do you know anything about the show that he's on with Kirsten Dunst? Uh, what that's uh, it's on Showtime. God in yeah. Central Florida. I watched the pilot and I really liked it, but I never got around to watching the rest. It's really good. I'm looking forward to whenever we get more of it, and he's fantastic in it. Cool. Yeah, I really like uh, in this exchange the joke where. He tells Chang to take some time off, and he's like, you'd, you'd like that, wouldn't you? It's like, yes, I would. <laughs> Very much. I think he's really funny. He, he kills all of his lines. And this knocks off what Chang's going through in this one. We've got this really weird, and they did such a good job of writing the storyline from the perspective of a man who's totally mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Because he goes into that trope of all the, the noir voiceover of the detective. Yeah. But none of it makes any sense. It's or so It's got this really loose, connected sort of logic that Chang has. I Like, <laughs> the words rang in my head like a bell inside my head. Yeah. A bell inside a head here. <laughs> I think it's really, really funny. And this episode, more than any in a long time, really gave Ken the chance to eat up the scenery and really just just kind of yeah. be the comedic star that he is. And that right there, that was the introduction of the Chang Tongue, I believe. He might have <laughs> done it last week with Britta, but he does it a lot in this one. And mm-hmm. not just it's when he's his tongue one. out, Chang has so many really funny, like, absolutely blank, vacant facial expressions <laughs> where you just see the life suck out of him for a second it's really great his interaction with a student where he ends up just kind of staring at her and creeping her out is pretty funny she had legs that went all the way up to her torso (laughs) (laughs) to the bottom of her torso (laughs) really really funny the kind of arms that had elbows i like that one too It's it's like Chang is trying to do this in his head, but has never really even seen a noir movie or yeah. has just seen like, I don't know. I don't know what his internal logic is. And then, yeah, he's <laughs> having the train of thought and he he's not focusing on anything throughout all of this. And, and that gets farther uh, in the cafeteria. Annie's looking to start their terrarium. And also, she is so far into that salad. Well, but you this see what she's trying to do. She says every other it. time there's been beetles in here. Yeah. <laughs> That was a really funny bit. One thing that I loved about this episode, Stephen, you didn't delve too much into why you weren't quite as high on this episode as I was. I feel like this episode was packed with really funny non sequiturs all throughout the episode, Mm -hmm. not just jokes that were tied into the storylines, but just funny character moments all throughout of it. That's all true. throughout it for every single character. And this was a really good one for Annie. I, I, it took me until the second or third time to notice it, that she was looking for beetles. I thought that was great. Yeah. And instantly they're planting the seeds that maybe Jeff and Annie aren't the best pairing. So there's some uncertainty between study group members of who's the best pairing is. And we'll get more into that later. But uh, Jeff, of course, isn't the type of person to work very hard on a project. He's just on his phone. Uh, were you guys a uh, side question to Lily's question earlier? Were you guys a good partner when you were partnered up with somebody? Yeah. Yes. 
Of course. I, I certainly wasn't. What do you mean, of course? Well, it's, you know, I have a one of my biggest fears in life is letting mm-hmm. people down. So even if it's a stranger, you know, I feel like I got to put, put in my work. Though there was my first semester of college, I was in this class that I was not like intellectually equipped for it was like a it was like a coding class Mm. um and i got along fine for like the first couple weeks and then it started getting really complicated and our final project was like like uh getting like a turtle this robot turtle you could program it to do a bunch of different kind of behaviors and stuff and by this point i had completely checked out in this class <laughs> and i kept i kept oversleeping in the morning that the class was happening and the dude who was doing most of the work in our group was like getting angry about that because i wasn't showing up and stuff and i'm like you know i'm sorry but on one hand i hate this class and on the other hand i hate you, you got it you got <laughs> it <laughs> that's awful i was definitely the same kind of guy i had situations where i was tapped out of classes that i shouldn't have been tapped out of uh college Group projects, I think, were more fun than high school, though. I never oh, had sure. any. You never had any? I had all music classes and, like, two real ones that I didn't really go to. You didn't have any group? I had a really fun theater group project where we got to, like, write a skit. And it ended up being the skit was about us sitting around trying to figure out what the skit should be. And it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed nice. that class a lot. Stuff like Very that. community. Yeah, stuff like that is fun when you're actually in a class that you want to do group work in. But when you're not a coder and you have to do the turtle thing. Yeah, I guess that's not totally true. We did in one of the uh, jazz combos I was in, we like wrote a piece ourselves for the last for a concert. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds hard. Mm. <laughs> it was also very Greendale, just like the lettuce thing that Troy and Abed are uh, collecting mushrooms inside that have been growing in one yeah. of the bathrooms. Yeah, And this is just a short, sweet, cute little scene where they kind of, and it also points out how this takes place after remedial chaos theory, because yeah. in that episode, they're like introducing their apartment and that they're moving in with each other to everyone. And then in this one, they're kind of uh, realizing that since they've been living together, that they spend they too spend much time, time together and right. they're having as much fun. It's really small. Nobody would notice it if you're just watching it on a weekly basis. Yeah. But watching it and analyzing it the way that we do, it's interesting. It feels out of place. You can realistically assume that they'd want a little bit of time to get comfortable before they throw a housewarming party. Sure. There we go. I've been in many situations with the upbringing that I have where I'm stuck with an older person like Britta is with Shirley, just showing off pictures or or mm-hmm. telling a story that you really aren't interested in. And as, as an adult, I feel like I'm getting more to the point where I don't want to invest my time in something that I'm not interested in investing my time in. And I can <laughs> kind of tell people that sometimes. Is that a bad thing? Should I just watch people's baby pictures? I don't um, think so. Yeah, you're fine to a certain point. But I also would be polite for uh, more pictures than I should. Yeah, I I can. I know that you would. But I'll say that because of how like back to back to back my lessons are. And sometimes I have people that want to have a good heart out. I'm I'm good at being like, oh, that's so great. I just have to run and do this (laughs) before this that I have to do. So bye. I've definitely become the guy that when we have people over to our apartment and I start to get tired, I'm like, all right. Yeah, I think you should fun. be. It's time for everyone to leave now. 
yeah i think yeah. that's a good skill to have because yeah, the last thing apartment. he wants to be like uh, barely saying and people are like yeah and so i have this dog that i want to get and it's you know <laughs> yeah it's me you, about your dog i think you're just dogs. you're saving everybody the uncomfortableness of not mm-hmm. knowing what to do next there we go. That is a big part of it. That is such a, a white people culture thing. Everyone's sitting around at the end of a social gathering, uh, like usually often two people standing at the door ready to leave and the conversation just keeps yeah. going. And yeah. you often say, well, I should probably get out of here like 20 times oh my before God. anyone yeah. does. It's awful. Yeah, yeah. One of the non sequiturs that I thought was funny is in this Brita and Shirley scene. Did you know that sugar is like baby meth? That's what my homeopath said. Well, maybe your gay friend should mind his own business. That was a really funny Shirley line and a really funny play on words. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to Chang. He's just full crazy talking to himself in the mirror. The the noir thing kind of really fades away pretty quick. He's just having like a like a crazy <laughs> a running breakdown. inner monologue. Yeah, he's just having a breakdown. Balloons for lobsters none of this makes any sense he's just looking for something to detect to be a detective and this is where he finds the matchbook for the arizona (laughs) matchbook company uh realizes wrongly that if you put it in the mirror arizona backwards (laughs) it's still arizona and it's a palomino what does palomino actually mean it's a horse that's right yeah it's a palomino and this is a good vacant look from chang as he just stares at himself in the mirror and then asks why this guy's staring at me Really funny. Steven, I bet you'll be excited about this little scene that we have. Oh, yeah, I am. We get a slight hint of the forthcoming Britta and Troy flirtation. And it's kind of a a misdirect, but it still Mm -hmm. is a little a little hint of. Yeah, they wanted to spend time with each other like this. It's more because they want to get away from something always brings me back to you. Oh. That's all you got. Now do it as Nick Nolte. I'm Nick Nolte. <laughs> That's all you got. <laughs> Something always brings me back to you. That w- <laughs> Let me be. Man, if I knew off the top of my head what Nick Nolte sounded like, I bet I would be blown away. You would be <laughs> laughing. That sounds about right. Thank you, I watched, Alex. Uh, I watched A Walk in the Woods uh, a few months ago. Oh, I've heard of that film. Nice. Did you say it was great? Uh, it's not great. But the best thing about it is Nick Nolte as a walking sack of shit. The whole <laughs> so he was <laughs> was it based on a true story. <laughs> well, it is actually based on a true story. I'm Nick I'm Nolte. Walking, I'm walking <laughs> through the woods here. <laughs> Growls a little. I bit. got my canteen. <laughs> Everyone kind of catches Troy and Britta talking about being partners, and they get mad at them. And I like how everyone comes from normal places, but Pierce and Todd <laughs> come through a bush. they said in the commentary they always say shit about chevy they said that getting chevy to do this was really hard (laughs) and you can yeah and to come out of a bush and you can kind of tell what i've been able to tell more than usual lately that the shots of pierce are not always they could have usually used another take but i'm sure chevy wouldn't do it again or Mm. he just speaks kind of broken english sometimes (laughs) when he gives his lines and they just kind of use the best of what they get out of him. And usually they edit together a really good seeming 
Chevy Pierce performance out of it. But there are a couple parts in this episode that stood out to me. One is him here kind of trying to recollect himself as he gets out of the bush. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> he, he delivers his line well here. He's pissed that he's stuck with Todd. And we're getting, again, that they just treat Todd like he's not human. They talk about him as if he's a, a thing that they just got paired off with. It, it, it's really funny. It's, it's almost vaguely it's always sunny feeling. Yeah. I have a question. I, this is taking that, you know, stuff with Rich that Jeff has up a level. The, the whole group is doing it now. None of them even consider that maybe <laughs> Todd has feelings that could be hurt. The guy who plays Todd does a really great job in this episode. I believe his name is David Nair. Nair. And he has shown up in so many things. He's one of those sitcom guys that just his his face is in the background of a lot of shows. Mm -hmm. He was on New Girl for a while. Uh, He's on AP Bio Mm. quite frequently, kind of playing a similar character as this. I think he really shines in this episode. He's a little weird and downtrodden. And when he gets his moment to shine later in the episode, it really brings everything together in the way that it's been building the whole time. And and so many yeah. times they talk yeah. over him and at him, and he's so nice and soft-spoken that he doesn't even really react to it. But, of course, that's just eating into him further and further as the episode goes through. Yeah, I think Todd's great. I think that he really fits in because he doesn't fit in with the study group, you know, but he fits into the episode perfectly. And it's like that he's been a character, you know, forever. Yeah, it's a great intro to another uh, Greendale side character. And he's just like all the rest of them. He gets weirder and weirder. Uh, Steven hasn't seen the series finale of Community, but there's a part with him in the finale where he's like talking about like murdering people, basically. So uh, maybe there's something even to be said that people that are brought into the, the mess that is Greendale itself and especially the study group kind of like it's always sunny again that they can't help but like be degraded by the people Mm -hmm. i don't know that they're that they're worse for meeting the people that they meet at this college but somehow the study group has found each other and they're better for it and yeah (laughs) yeah the todd problem they're all going to solve the todd problem (laughs) and todd politely asks if they want him to join (laughs) and it's really funny now that we're in the study group or now that we're in the study room with them i thought this episode had a lot of uh, cooperative calligraphy everyone's stuck in the study room trying to figure out who stole the pen vibes yeah uh, this episode doesn't go quite full bottle episode but my favorite moments in community are often when everyone's in the study group and they're also kind of mad at each other or they're fighting there's like a, a tense issue to be solved that's often mm-hmm. my favorite clips that they give off to each other and the rest of this episode is really filled with that yeah it also reminded me of the is it a Halloween episode? It's not a Halloween episode. Oh, maybe it is. But where they do like the Britta gives him that test. He's trying to figure out. Yeah, that's the... just two ish episodes away from where yeah. we're at right now. OK, yeah, I like that. episode. Um, OK, so that's actually my least favorite Halloween episode, I think. But it's fine. Um, I uh, it reminded me of that like one that too one. a little bit. So I want to, Stephen. What was your issue with this episode? You keep kind of hinting that you didn't like it as I don't as much know. as I've projected. I liked I've it more than the first two this season. Enjoyed but this I episode quite it. a bit. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I think as far as a school set episode that doesn't go too larger than life, this is about as good as it gets. Right? They, it, it's all confined within the school. There's some weirdness in it. It's really, really funny. The characters are all really well served. I have almost no problems with this episode after having quite a few with the last two. 
I yeah, just can't I, put my finger on it. I don't know what it is. I don't really have any problems with it either. I think this is a great example of an episode of the show that uses the entire study group, but not in the way where they split them off and pair yeah. them up. It's everybody gets their lines. Everybody's in the middle of the central plot. Even like, Chang and the Dean are well featured yeah. in it on top of that. This wouldn't be the worst. I mean, you could probably pick a showier episode to get someone into the show, but if you just want to show someone the characters and how they, yeah, this wouldn't be the worst episode to show someone as their first Not episode. Not at all. So I, I'm just surprised you had that reaction because I've been really, and maybe it's because I've been really excited to really like one of these season three episodes, mm-hmm. but I, I really did and that felt nice. I like how they're they're trying to figure out how to pair each other off together. And uh, they talk about pairing off by hair color. And Aved reveals that that's how he uh, separates them all from each other in the first <laughs> place. I think that's really funny. And Abed, of course, I like how... I don't think it's the first time where Jeff's been, Abed, you're a computer. And Abed's like, yep. I think they've said yeah, that before. I think so. I like the There's jokes about age, about, yeah. uh, how Shirley's really just about the same age as Jeff. And it's really weirder that Jeff projects younger than Shirley comes off mm-hmm. older. Uh, so that's pretty funny. But Abed was putting Jeff in with the old people, too. So that works out. A couple not so funny Pierce jokes of being asleep. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That didn't that do seemed, a lot for me. That seemed to be like a like a reset for the conversation to kind yeah. of take it down another path. A classic Bruno funny. moment that we get yeah, in this episode when she really tries funny. to flip off Annie and she can't do it. That's a gif that I've seen many times. And one of the reasons why I love this episode, there are a lot of funny community-isms mm-hmm. that in my head aren't tied to a specific episode. And a lot of them were in this. Yeah, certainly. That Brita, that Brita part was really, really funny. Todd kind of, you can tell that he's starting to get grumpy when he says, does anyone else have kids? Because I'd love to get to my kids. And they're not even listening. Not even Shirley, who is often projecting how she would love to go back home to be with her kids, cares. They're all worried about other stuff. But Britta tries to use that as a way to pawn Todd off on Shirley, which Shirley won't have happen. And now we're to the point where it's 9 o'clock at night and the project's due tomorrow and they can't even figure out how they're all going to work together. It's become way harder than what just accepting the people they were stuck with in the first place would have been. Have you guys been in a position like this where the deadline is ticking and you've done little to no work? Yeah. Every assignment? (laughs) (laughs) Certainly. I mean, especially if it's on my own. Mm -hmm. uh, Unless it's something I really care about. Or if I was doing... uh, like video projects for any of my film classes or whatever it's usually down to the wire because i literally can't get the resources fast enough or the Mm. people fast enough to get what i need Mm. anything written that i did was probably written the night before yeah certainly i was i never and i usually did pretty well i was good enough at writing that i could kind of horseshit my way through it but mm-hmm. sometimes i couldn't because i didn't always know what i was talking about when i was writing about something <laughs> uh, but i could usually make my way through it and i, I was never yeah. one of those people who were like writing a bunch of drafts of their essays and shit like that no no <laughs> no it came out no. i'm you not know, gonna do any then, better than me back yeah. then i thought i was like you know i'm good enough i can basically get it on the first try uh mm-hmm. go through again for like a clarity pass but now I'm now I I understand. I guess. Oh, well, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now that you're working on things that you care about and isn't just school yeah. related. Yeah. Now that literally the whole process is just iterating and iterating and iterating. Yeah. 
Abed gets them on this path of like pairing them up by popularity, but what's the idea that populars with least popular and then the two in the middle meet in the middle? That's just kind of a recipe for disaster. They should have known immediately that that wasn't going to work out. Well, they don't know that's the system at this point. They oh, just, Abed comes Abed up with that and it does it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cheng's calling the Arizona Matchbook Company, and it's it's shot and and performed as this like like he's talking to the shady organization that's behind everything. But they're just like. I don't know. Chang says, are you, uh, I'm interested in your matchbooks. And they're like, would you like to place an order? Is this when he says, I had to think fast. Yes. <laughs> and then I he gets interrupted. Card. Really fun. Oh yeah. He spent all this money from the other guy who's not getting paid to be a security guard at this point. Uh, he's used his credit card to buy what looked like easily like 10,000 matches. Yeah. Right? Gotta be. Hey, those are actually cheap. I bought a couple, uh, things of matchbooks and but he buys a ton yeah i know i didn't Thousands? buy that many <laughs> this is the scene i referenced this earlier i thought it was earlier when when nunez steps in and says you've got to calm down you're being weird you're staring at people making yeah. them uncomfortable you've got to step down and now that adds everything he needs for his detective story because he needs like the you're or like a buddy cop movie or whatever. Like he needs the year off the forest moment mm -hmm. where he has to now go and fix it on his own instead of working within the system that he was a part of to begin with. Exactly. All, all Nunez is doing there is enabling him further. <laughs> so the study group then feels good because they've all been paired off with people except Jeff, who's been paired up with Todd. Uh, he of course is the standout. Like he often is on these things that maybe he came up with to, uh, mm. uh, to, to fight the power, to not trust Abed's thing just because he doesn't want to be the one stuck with Todd. Exactly. I think these people just need to make an eighth friend. Wouldn't that be easier? <laughs> I mean, Chang would happily join. Chang's kind of doing his own stuff right now. I think he's not as worried about the study group. It's true. So yeah, they all work through it. They figure out who was most popular and we kind of went through the popularity rankings. Did any of them surprise you or not surprise you? Um... Because I think Jeff's makes total sense, and I get why it would make him spiral. Yeah, uh, I think it all makes sense. He wouldn't be the best person to work with, and everyone generally likes him and would be happy if mm -hmm. he's the person that they end up with, but he's nobody's top pick. Like, Abed's super smart, uh, and yeah. it, like he was the one, probably the brains behind the, the mushroom terrarium that he and mm -hmm. Troy were starting. And then Annie, of course, as we find out later, probably already has this done somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that really makes Jeff mad. And that's been a current thread or that's been a reoccurring thread through these first couple episodes is now that we've done the whole Pierce being excised from the group thing, it's kind of shifting to Jeff often being excised or being mm -hmm. too needy for the rest of the group. And it's not a good color on him. I'm starting to no, not like Jeff not. again. We're heading there for sure. He wasn't I like extremely upsetting in this episode, but he definitely wasn't the Jeff of season two that we like liked so much. Yeah. I think whenever the show is like doing something where they have to establish a pecking order for the study group, like it's always completely on the money because mm -hmm. it's the reactions that it really wants. It's like, there's no, there's no gray area. Like, Oh, maybe Jeff's the three or a six, <laughs> but he's a five and he hates that, you know, <laughs> this montage with Chang is really funny. There are a lot of things I like about it. He builds the bulletin board yarn thing, but when it zooms out and shows the whole thing, he really didn't even get that far with it. There's like four no. things that are just a straight line to one another. 
The only thing I could have done without in this is the saxophone bit. I, I, See, thought, I thought that, that was part a was silly. kind of funny. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It, it was just my gut reaction was like, I don't like this part as much. I don't. Well, he's also like very clearly not actually playing it. He's just holding it and rocking back. Maybe he's imagining he's playing it in his head. Where did he find it? I guess. I the, don't know. The, they might have a band. I don't know if we ever see a Greendale band. Um, also, when you when they zoom in on the newspaper article, it's also not in English, which is funny. It's like in <laughs> Spanish or Portuguese, something like that. No on the Greendale flyer that's up there, Dan Harmon is in the picture, too. Mm. Little thing. What if what would happen if Nicholson was a gynecologist? There was something <laughs> there. And I liked the way that they did this. It made, the way that this story progresses was really smartly and tightly written by mm -hmm. the writing staff. And something like the inciting incident to start the fire on a show like this could have been a little hacky, but I thought it yeah. was perfect here. He just grabs yeah. his, his uh, flashlight, which knocks down yarn, which starts a fire. There's signs all over the place where, that they're in that say, don't mm -hmm. light any fires in this yeah. room. Yeah. And it mm -hmm. also makes perfect sense for the continuation of the noir storyline. Uh, it almost would have made sense for community to go full noir for a full episode. That seems like something they would have been want to or do. Or at least like part of the episode, like switching back and forth whenever it was Chang, like in his own head would be really funny, I think. I would have, yeah. I think what they did with it was perfect, but I could have used just a little bit more. Could have used some black and white. I definitely, I think, would have been more into it if they had done that. So Shirley was less popular than Pierce. Is that how it rounded out? I don't think that's what she we She's at the very bottom. Yeah. That's, that seems unlikely. I think it makes sense. I think I think Why? Shirley, because I think, of the group, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The I average think person is. wouldn't put Shirley at the bottom, but because of them and how different they all are from Shirley, they voted her last. But if right. you're thinking at all based on who's gonna help with this pro, but I guess they're not doing that. They're just they're well, they were because they said that she doesn't believe in science, and oh, then yeah. she immediately goes into well, oh, I mean, that's if, fair. If a little that's biology a class point. can refute. Yeah, that puts no, I'm not sure. Down. I'm not sure every single person would use that exact same reason for putting mm -hmm. her on the bottom. I think Brit is definitely putting her on the bottom because she was with her. Yeah. Uh, but like Troy is probably putting her on the bottom because he doesn't want to be in a similar situation as Britta. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I feel like when it comes to Shirley, she definitely is an outlier more than Pierce is. Even Pierce, mm -hmm. you can kind of somewhat get along with on his good days. You know, mm -hmm. Shirley is just, it's like those situations you described, Zach. It's like it's just somebody who's living a different life. They're invested in yeah. different things. And yeah, but but yeah. I don't buy that Pierce is a step up from that at all. You think so? If well, religion person away not from put, science, what know. does Pierce's religion do to keep him from science? Well, I, nobody takes him seriously. I think yeah. that's probably. True. And, I'm, and Pierce that. was right above her, so they put them at the bottom. Maybe yeah. it's more yeah, fun to have someone around that you can kind of laugh at, like Pierce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Shirley's—I mean, Shirley can be a funny character on the show, but she's not exactly like the the fun one to hang around and goof out, goof around mm -hmm. with. Yeah, exactly. She's genuine. She's a family woman. It's it's different. The bit here is another one of my favorite moments from the episode where Troy and Britta are fighting over their numbers on the list and they both assume that they're the more popular one. And what really sells it is Abed, without saying anything, <laughs> confirming to Britta that she is the less popular one. You know, Britta puts her hand on Troy, Abed puts his hand on <laughs> Britta's. It's a really funny moment. Abed has so much gold in this episode without hardly saying anything. It's all in his face. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. great. I really like this shot of this reaction Todd has. 
Yeah, you mm-hmm. kind of forgot he was there for a little bit, and I think that's intentional, maybe. That the and because the study group, sure, it's sort of about Todd, but it has nothing to do with Todd. Clearly, yeah, you know, yeah they're yeah. all doing their own thing, and they kind of just forget that he's there. And the way that everyone gets pissed when he says, "I'll just do whatever helps the project get done faster," even yeah. Abed is like, "Come on, man." <laughs> It's really funny. The tension here in the the jab between Jeff and Annie, I thought was pretty solid too. That mm. uh, Jeff says something kind of gross about Annie, but Annie turns yeah. it right back around on him really fast and really confidently. I mm-hmm. thought that was a nice moment after not really liking Annie that much last week. Yeah, certainly. And I'll be honest, I don't know who I'm going to pick for an MVP at the end of this episode yet because scenes like this and also the Chang storyline being in the mix, so many people are are so evenly well displayed in this episode that it's not any one person's episode. It's an episode that really strongly focuses on the study group as a unit, and it's a hard choice. Like As soon as I start to settle on someone, someone else has one of the funniest moments of the episode. I think it is a a very even like spread out between them. I don't know that I find that to be a good thing for me in this episode. I think. My what do you mean by that? It's, I don't know. It just is not doing it a whole lot for me. Now I think it's better than the last two and the last two weren't bad episodes of television. I just, I think I was just so spoiled with season two. Something about this is not hitting. It's like Are almost you... there for me. I feel like instead of, I would even say though, that this episode is better than a lot of the season two non like dynamic episodes, maybe not all of them, but certainly better than episodes like Abed and the bitches. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh like, I, I mean, that's the main one that I go to or like the, a, a couple of the episodes that focus more on like Shirley and her husband and like Chang. I think this episode is better, uh, a, a better low key episode than a lot of the other low key episodes. Are you enjoying them arguing with each other all the time, Stephen? Or do you want to return to more blissful depictions? It's it's fun to argue about I don't mind the arguing between them. Here's, I feel like it's a lot of the characters. They're trying to do a lot with with them here, with the conversation so that it's evenly, they're all getting their stuff in. And I feel like you have kind of a, they're all like three-fourths there for me. Okay. Can you give any type of insight into what this episode could have done better to be a better version of it for you? For the Chang storyline, I think doing something like the black and white would have taken it like up. I think but I would. It think seems it like your issue that. is a little bit more of the A plot, right? Yeah, I just I'm just not super like I think it's kind of half baked overall. Yeah, I think it, I mean, it's fine. It's funny enough. It's not like it's a bad storyline. It's just not. A it's not at the bar that community has for me to call it like a great or, or even like a really good episode. I think this is a good episode, but I wouldn't give it higher. Like if I, I know you like letter grades more, but I would give it like a seven and a half. I mean, I, I guess I don't exactly disagree with you. I, I wouldn't go as far to say that this is one of the best episodes of Community, but mm-hmm. it's a really serviceable one. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'm more blown away when they pull off a lower stakes, low key episode than when they pull off the huge bombastic homage episodes right. because mm-hmm. you can throw away a lot of the, I don't know, it, it, episodes like this take a lot more character work. And I think mm-hmm. they pull that off really well. Of course, they're going to, blow star wars away and of course they're going to do a great spaghetti yeah. western but uh what makes community as good as it is is that the characters 
compared to a lot of other sitcoms are pretty real underneath all of that. And when they mm -hmm. let them just kind of be real and you can remember that these are people with relationship dynamics, uh, it really impresses me. Yeah. yeah. When it's messy, it's engaging and compelling. And it's, it proves that the show can do both, which is I, good. That's well, and, and that's the thing I is I think that other times when I think about my favorite moments of the gang is fighting, whether it's the clip show episode or whether it's the episode that comes next, right? I think that the characters are so much more realized within like being themselves there. You have Troy screaming or something like that. Right. Here, I feel like everyone is kind of, no one is super duper invested in this fight right now other than oh, um, I don't think Annie that's and true. Jeff. I feel like Abed is not really, he's fine where he ends up. Yeah, he's always, always wanting to end that, up. With I mean, Britta, that's true. But, but I feel like if fit. you looked at some of those other fights, that's often the, the case. I feel like Abed usually is kind of just down to be the moderator of the situation. But even, right. you know, Pierce, he just doesn't want to be with Todd. Well, yeah, but Shirley Pierce just doesn't, doesn't want to be in the show. She's upset. Yeah, I mean, Shirley, I mean, she's upset that she's at the bottom, but it's not like she cares that much of who she right. ends up with. She just, they wanted to try new partners, but they didn't want to hurt the other people's feelings is why this started in the first place. And now it's turned into this, you know? I don't know. What I, think I, I feel it... like there are other fights that I was more invested in because sure. it mattered more. You know, I don't where it felt like someone might actually get mad to the point of walking away, like what they a little bit. I, I think before. the Todd stuff is really funny. I think also, that's what they takes get it so over mad the about edge Todd, Todd, but Todd was still voted number four. So <laughs> I'd rather funny. be with Todd than half the other group. That's funny because it, that that's one of the things that shows that this has nothing to do with Todd. No, he's, yeah. he's just the one that got stuck with them, and I think that's what makes me like this episode is because we get to see our main heroes from an outsider's perspective mm -hmm. and from an outsider's perspective, they look like shit. Yeah. And I really like that. They're willing to do that on this colorful, silly, often mm -hmm. huggy and lovable network sitcom. I think it's so great that any of the characters, not just Jeff, like Alex talked about earlier, all of these characters can be the hero in any story and the villain yeah. in any story. We've seen it out of all of them. And we'll see it more out of all of them. And th I think having Todd in for the proceedings almost makes the fight have more real world stakes than when they're just locked in the room together, mm -hmm. yelling at each other. When other people are involved, I think it I think it adds to it a lot. But we can agree to disagree. I think it's fun to have talks like that. Yeah. Also, it's now daytime. So they did this all for... night. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not the first time they've done something like no, this. No, it's not. Shirley's line, you too, Brute, when she That's when funny. she finds out that she was ranked lower by more people than she thought. I thought that was a really funny non sequitur in this too. And this is when they bring up that she's religious and that would affect the, the project. But mm -hmm. not really if they're collecting butterflies and, and mushrooms. What does what does Shirley's religion really have to do with that? Mm -hmm. Later in the semester, it'll start um start becoming a problem i guess that's true <laughs> i guess i kind of forgot that this isn't just this one project they're they're teaming up for the entire semester yeah yeah i want to ask alex what do you think of the way that they uh, we're kind of at the point where britta's character is is in a shift where she's becoming more of a punching bag a well-meaning but kind of stupid and oblivious character and she wasn't so much in the first two seasons uh do you have any thoughts on that is that something that you notice at all um yeah like like there's there's the gradual shift from blonde girl from spanish class to this you know this uh i don't want to call her a burnout but someone who's probably oh, i think that's a good that's absolutely that's a, good a good word, word yeah. yeah but 
yeah, she's just underachieving. She's also kind of just coasting on what she has with the study group. And I, you know, I usually don't really like it when a show has just a character who is only a punching bag. Mm -hmm. Um, But Britta, I mean, obviously she has a lot more layers to that um, in different sides that we see. And she's obviously a good person. Do you think we lose some of that, though, as they make her sillier? I think Gillian Jacobs is hilarious when they give her really goofy stuff. Does it take away like some of the, I don't know. Do you think think so? Yeah, I think I think without it, she would be kind of lifeless compared. Oh, I agree. In season one, she was kind of lifeless. Yeah. Now she's hilarious. Now. Now she's great. And she has to kind of fill that unwilling clown, you know, side of the study group that still has value to people like jeff or 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 troy yeah. um, but she also has her own principles but she's very i don't maybe not so much misguided but she doesn't well, really she, know how to she has her principles but she doesn't know how to and she's also not really willing to do anything yeah, to do that yeah. she's at, and i think obviously it's always been relevant but we live in an era where people like that are are all over the place and right. and we all probably do it to an extent we all are armchair warriors to an right. extent you know it's so easy to be like with Britta, it's like, oh, these people are being murdered overseas. And yeah. uh, man, I'm so upset about it. But what are you going to do about it? Uh, what are you doing to like improve the situation around you or like what you can actually mm-hmm. have a say in? I don't know. I think Britta is a relatable character in that way because we all we all know stuff. People like yeah. that. We all do that. It's that uh, performative allyship. Mm-hmm. Or like virtue signaling. Britta does a lot of virtue signaling. Yeah, yeah. yeah to yeah. come to like show everyone that the way I think is really hip and with it. And you guys all need to get on my level, but Mm -hmm. you're just trying to project that to make yourself look better. You're not really doing good or, or doing the selfless acts of kindness. Totally. I like, so Jeff gets ready to tell everyone what to do. gets ready for a winger speech. And Troy says, well, wake up Pierce. Jeff's about to save our lives. To heal us. He's about to heal us. And I do like the little look that Chevy gives that he's not asleep. He's just sitting there and he kind of looks at Troy. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) and Jeff, this is the most non winger speech, winger speech ever. It's he, he just can't think of anything about why he isn't more popular than what he is. He has to explain a, a, a way around it. And I think that's pretty funny. I think Chevy's kind of rebuttal where he like pretends to snores. Like, I had a nightmare. Jeff was a pompous ass. And Todd was there too. Todd Sorry, there. Todd. And now Todd <laughs> can't say no offense or none taken anymore. He just, yeah. he's reaching that boiling point. That's another thing. I think that the episode builds this tension really, really well throughout the episode in both storylines, because now Chang uh, walks in on the fire in the cafeteria that he caused that also <laughs> completely uh, for him, it justifies all of the weird conspiracy theory wormholes mm-hmm. he's been going down this whole episode. Now it looks like he's gotten to something and and they've got mad and they've come after him when really Chang is just walking destruction wherever he goes. Everything turns <laughs> to shit. And it's really funny. I, I think this storyline was really well thought out and well written. Uh, yeah. They said this on the comment. Good shot, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's cool that they like did some set destruction for it too to, yeah. to yeah. really sell some of this. 
They said in the commentary that the storyline was originally different and it involved Chang being a detective and like something that was really happening and it involved like the murder of a monkey. And I think uh, I like this so much better. Yeah. Uh, that he's just this agent of chaos that thinks he's on a path that never existed. Mm hmm. I think that's funnier. And his this is also a good trope from movies like this that he loses his love through it. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. It, it, poor Veronica was at the scene My of the fault. crime. He got mixed up in all of this. I like how gently the fireman carries it out of the fire, then just chucks it into chucks the trash it in the trash because it's a fucking mannequin leg. This is bad. Back in the study room, Todd tries to leave, which is well in his right to do. The study group has this weird oh, once we're in one of these pickles that we're in, nobody can leave. Nobody can leave. Uh, we're going to tear the carpet off the floors. We're going to figure this shit out while we're all here right now. And and Todd's just a regular guy who wants to take his insulin and go see his kids or his kid. And and the study group is just so toxic that they, that they won't let him leave. And the fight becomes physical. They start chasing yeah. each other around the room and, and avoiding each other. And, and Britta burns the results so they can stop fighting over it. <laughs> the fact that... Oh my God! Shirley knows it's a marijuana lighter and and points it out, and that's what she's upset about. Is really funny. Troy freaks out because he knows that the turtle is in there too, and the way that the turtle is what sets off Todd. This is just really good situational comedy writing. Mm -hmm. That that turtle's been there the whole time. It's obvious Todd takes it seriously. He's been taking care of it, setting it in this trash can. So you see that image the whole time. And then of course Britta catches paper on fire and throws it in the trash can where the turtle is. And that's awful. And it's like the the line that's really they're really crossing the line at this point in the episode. And I think it's just built up perfectly. Well, and it's right after Britta talks about how she's not going to cut open anything with a face. Yeah, even a she worm, catches a and turtle she's like, but I'll fire. throw this fire on top of a turtle. Absolutely. And then <laughs> there's the absolute star moment of the episode where Todd just takes everything away. Nobody's been listening to him this whole time, and all of a sudden he's able to really let loose, and no one can help but just stare at him and listen to what he's saying. And I think the actor does a tremendous job here. Oh, yeah. Your love is weird and toxic. Yeah, he does a great job. He's just this nice guy who wants to who wants to get a good grade in this class. And because of the weirdness of the group he was paired up with, he doesn't care about it anymore. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I think it's perfect. And it, it really it's funny and it highlights how bad these people really can be yeah. when they're all worked up like this together at the same time. Right. I think the actor who plays Todd does a really great job of making this big and silly, but also like it's a believable blow up from this guy who's just been yeah. on for the last all night and however long it's been. And the study group feels bad about themselves, except for Jeff, who literally cannot take any bit of mm -mm. critical uh, anything. He just has to feel better about himself or talk his way out of it. And he tries to storm off and leave. And I thought this was a good way to set this up that mm -hmm. he tries to leave and then realizes that their class is like right now and they didn't do shit. And now they've got to go to their class empty handed. Mm. And one of my favorite bits in the episode here too, in the biology class, Magnitude and Vicky are doing their presentation and it's just, everyone gets excited for the pop pop, of course, because it's Magnitude, the one man party and professor Kane just cuts to his soul. And it's a, a <laughs> moment that's so funny, but it's played seriously. And eventually this caterpillar will come out of its cocoon and then pop pop. Yeah. <laughs> nice work you two. You know they're laughing at you, right? I mean, that's my theory. 
I think that's why I have an issue with the episode. We don't we don't take down magnitude. We don't. Do that. <laughs> that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, magnitude's face is so broken when he says that. <laughs> yeah. I'm broken from that. I agree with you, Stephen. I don't think they're laughing at magnitude no like magnitude's the hype beast you know like he's, he's a one-man party yeah for real pop pop i would lose my shit if yeah oh pop, yeah pop in front of me, i so. bet luke youngblood the actor hates that catchphrase now <laughs> because he's would. not going to be able to go anywhere without having pop pop yelled at him and yeah. <laughs> i feel like there's this pressure that you've either just gotta like be nice and give the people like the put yourself into it and like be nice for these people or you've got to be like actually i'm a serious actor and uh i'm a, <laughs> I'm, a I'm a real person and i, I i'm not deduced just to that i bet i want him that. to be in like a uh, a gangster movie right and then he kills somebody but after he, he kills shoots them, pop, he goes pop 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 that'll be the community the movie there we yeah. go that'd be good when that definitely happens yeah mm. man there's so many uh, com- that's conversations we have with other community people all the time obviously if there's any community content ever uh i will eat it up I don't expect a lot out of it if we ever get it. I've been hurt too many times by things that I like trying to take one more uh, trip around. And and I don't know. But at the same time, we're in a place right now where Dan Harmon's been saying more stuff to fuel the fire than he ever really has before. Like yeah. talking about how mm-hmm. like lawyers have been involved and how like conversations are happening. So it's impossible. I don't know. Whenever... It's like shame on me for having any faith at all that it might happen. And then the other side of it is, should it even happen? Do I even want it to happen? I don't know. Here's the plot. Magnitude's been elected president and they're all coming to his inauguration. And the city of you haven't seen each other in forever. But surprise, City College of Washington, D.C. is trying to shut down the party. Okay, that's the start. It could have been worse. For could sure. be, this can be a real Beavis and Butthead do America. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Well, I've said a bunch of times with a community movie is it's tough because it both has to be so many different things that everybody wants out of it and also at the same time something that none of us ever expected. Mm-hmm, and it right. has to scratch all the community feel-good vibes or all of the fan servicey stuff you want out of seeing the characters together again. Yeah. And it has to justify its existence on its own and that would if i was dan Harmon and i'm a busy guy that would be so hard to come up with something that even if you have the ideas and the people are interested that's so much goddamn pressure yeah right that's a tall order i think the show kind of set itself up to be one of the shows that could do that you know and they definitely have been dangling it in front of our faces since this part of the series where they were uh, six seasons in a movie became the rallying call and the fans kind of yeah. started it based off a joke in the show but then the show definitely uh, uh egged it on mm-hmm. all the time yeah. so yeah. we were kind of promised it a little bit yeah what do you think about kane's resolution to this that since they can't do anything as as, as pairs of two that the seven of them will always be paired up together and have to do projects together and they'll be graded together I think it's funny. I like it. Do you think that's I, that's not really fair? No, the but the they're also all terrible and they lost all their partner's time. Yeah. And then tried to go back on it. And he's like, no, you're just going to be together because you're a mess. That's true. It is nice that the group actually fails at something for once at the end of an episode mm-hmm. where they really deserve it. 
And after Annie had that really off-putting freakout scene in last week's episode, her little faint here I thought was much closer to in character and funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, it was a good. It was a good fall too. Oh yeah, she nails it. That couldn't have been. A, I'm sure there's something on the floor, but that couldn't have been a stunt person or anything. She just does yeah. a, a classic pratfall. And I like how apparently Kane and Todd have a close relationship <laughs> where Todd, like he says, you know, my boy Todd called me in the middle of the night. Says, you know, he fought in Iraq, right? <laughs> so what are all these things we've learned about Todd in this episode? His dying father's veteran. wish was for him to go to college and graduate. He's, he's an veteran. Iraq veteran. He's got he's diabetes. A new dad. He's got diabetes. He's got a newborn baby girl. I thought it was a boy. Loving family, apparently. Is it? No. He's got a newborn baby. Loves turtles. Mm-hmm. They, we get a lot of little information about this character who's supposed to just be a nothing, and I think it's really funny. It also surprises me that the worst that they call a group like the study group in prison is the mean click. Is what Kane yeah, says that, that they funny. call them the mean click. That seems a little censored. No, I think that was like an intentional joke because I felt like it was supposed to be like watered down. Right. And yeah, this wraps up the the conflicts of the story really well. Uh, and then we also cut to the wrapping up of Chang's storyline. And I think the pairing in this scene of Chang and the Dean is just comedic gold. Uh, the way that the Dean reacts to everything that's that's happened in the cafeteria, asks if he missed the firemen when they came. <laughs> and then the Dean ends up on his own noir movie path at the same time. And, and there are shots of the Dean and Chang at the same time, like being zoned out into their imagination and, I think it's really funny. While, was, go ahead. I was gonna say it's funny how they like layer their inner monologues over one another, because to anybody who's not the two of them, it's just like they're standing there, and so it's funny to hear them both and see them both just kind of spacing out. It almost makes me think of like in Scrubs, JD always zones out and has these flights of fancy. But yeah. If you think about it in a realistic way, is he just standing there while he daydreams in the middle well, of a conversation? Sometimes the they time? call him out for it in the show, which is funny. Yeah. It feels like in community, if a character has these flights of fancy, it also happens in the real world of the show. So they have to really commit to it. And the Dean and Chang are just totally different types of kind of a destructive, hilarious, crazy. That is fun, <laughs> fun to watch them kind of go at wits with each other. And Nunez is trying to be a responsible security guard, and he doesn't even get paid for this job. And he he says uh, a bunch of things that they should listen to. He tries to warn the Dean that Chang is a dangerous and and mentally ill guy. <laughs> uh, but but the dean can't get the cops involved. I love in this shot here where the dean is uh, complaining about getting the cops involved in the way that Chang absentmindedly nods and then shakes his head behind him. Yeah, I, that made me laugh really hard each time. And the way that the dean could not be more strained when he says, <laughs> "You know what Chang says makes a lot of sense," and that's all <laughs> that Nunez can take. He quits. And what does he take the saxophone with him? I think so. He can deal with not getting paid, but they're enabling a crazy man. And, and, and he's complaining about his concerns of Chang. And then the two dueling monologues happen. And it's really, really funny. <laughs> Chang, the Dean thinking about the firemen still really, really funny. And then because of this, the Dean really has no choice, but to just put Chang in charge of the security 
of the school and the moment where they're shaking hands and and the and Chang starts having that inner evil laugh yeah it's really funny and the dean who can kind of like pick up the vibes that Chang is throwing down and he has some really confused faces too it's a really <laughs> really great moment to close out that storyline another stellar Chang storyline two weeks in a row yeah very good and then the end of the episode is also perfect. The study group is having issues having to share one microscope, having to do all of their two-person projects together. Uh, but like the study group often does, they decide in the end that the issue was never them. It had to have been Todd. Yeah. Just because they need something to write it off on so they don't have to stress about it anymore. It's, so they very, all... it's always sunny type of ending. Where Absolutely. Like, wow, yeah, this that is... guy sucked. This is almost like Communities Take It and It's Always Sunny episode. Mm -hmm. You could do almost this exact storyline on that show. And the episode mm -hmm. ends panning out from the study group while they loudly talk shit about Todd and all of his normalcies. And then we see Todd, who can hear every word that they're saying, of course, has one tear streaming down his face, <laughs> which we close in on as the episode ends. Really great. Aww. Really perfect ending. What do you guys think of the end tag, Britta's uh, psychology penis test? I think this is pretty funny. Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty funny, funny too. The reveal of, because of course, well, first choice saying, uh, well, they're boobs and I don't know who did it was really funny. <laughs> yeah. And then Britta looking through me like, come on, guys, this is a penis. This is a penis. This is a penis. And the way that Abed's like, yeah, these are all normally filled out tests. <laughs> Really funny moment. Uh, again, just funny moments from every character throughout this episode from start to finish for me. Steven, I'm, uh, Steven, I'm sorry that you didn't like it quite as much as I did because I think it was a really solid effort. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Totally I just, yeah, it was not a a home run for me. What did you say, Alex? I said it's totally solid. Yeah, obviously next week we're doing Remedial Chaos Theory, which yeah. is the one that Alex originally wanted to do. And obviously maybe the shining example of the best community episode mm -hmm. whether it's your favorite or not is another thing but it it might be the show's most successfully daring episode of the entire yeah, series probably. so this is, it doesn't compare to that at all but this is exactly what i want out of an episode of community when i go into it it's funny uh, the writing is true to the characters there are no like shortcuts in the storytelling that frustrate me they did a really a really good job on this one and seven and a half might be fair i might even go up to an eight for this one i agree i agree i'm sorry i'm a little distracted right now i actually have to jump off because i gotta watch a cut what does that mean oh of your show yeah yeah that's exciting okay nice. so yeah of course go do your thing before we leave let's hear who in this episode is your mvp um everybody that's what i was gonna say the whole study group that's chang, such a cop out i know it is but everybody Ooh. always says everybody says chang la di da i'm saying what i've always been saying is that this is a great episode for every character it is you know like chang gets his storyline and everything and that's great and all but yeah. i think as far as what community is this is a great episode for showcasing that it's not just about one person this episode it's about everybody it's about how everybody's bad in this mm -hmm. moment in time and i think seriously i think everybody gives their best you know mm -hmm. they're all in i know that you're right but it's still a cop-out but whatever thanks for joining us alex thanks, it was really alex. Good yeah, to thanks have for you. having me you guys, uh, you, guys we, are great. you need to make some stuff we need some yeah some i'm working podcasts, on some music some right music. now we need we need yeah. more alex so we yeah celebrate you and put it out there into the world for trust me i'm working on it right. i will uh i'll let you guys know but i'll be back in the future so. yes always Wonderful. welcome see you, glad to have you glad to talk to you yeah we'll see you soon see you guys later 
All right, well, well, now that he's gone. Rude yeah, was that? What the I'm kidding. Who is he, Joel McHale? So glad Alex could have come back. I think this has been a really fun discussion <laughs> and a really great podcast. Let's wrap yeah. it up with the two of us. I can't give the MVP to everyone, but I mm-hmm. don't know who I should give it to. Uh, I think I got to give it to Todd because of the monologue at the end and how it builds so perfectly and how the actor performs it so perfectly. Uh, but honorable mention to really just about everyone. I feel like Britta, uh, Abed, and Troy stand out to me a lot in this episode mm-hmm. as well. And Chang, of course. What about yeah. you? Yeah, honorable mention to Chang for me, but I think it's Todd, no question. I think Todd was my favorite part of the episode far and away. That does it. That's the episode. I yeah. had fun talking about this one. It's continued I the did. streak, at least, of really fun, in-depth conversations about these episodes. Was really glad to have Alex join us to talk about it. Yeah, Having that a was third great. really helped liven things up. I maybe this is something we should do more often and invite so. a third into our into our marital bed. Well, I mean, it 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 wouldn't be the first time, and it hopefully won't be the last. Yeah, yeah. Well, while we're well, it wasn't the first time. I know. I said it. It, it okay. wasn't. Well, uh, that's it for things this week. Next week, we're going to be back uh, on time with Remedial Chaos Theory, maybe the defining episode of Community, right? Mm -hmm. I think so. Certainly a no-brainer for a Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to dive into that. And I'm almost like nervous to dive into it because it's such a densely packed episode. I know. With so much to dig into. It's going to be a lot of fun. It might be the most exciting I've ever like, been for Can I get like 36 seconds next Did week? Steven watch the episode this week? Yeah. Fuck no. <laughs> I think maybe this time you need to actually put a little bit of uh, uh, a previous thought into it you after think. watching the episode. But I also like the moment every week where I say, all right, now it's time for the next segment. And Steven has a little, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> Because I always think it's going to be our funniest moment next, and then it's always that. I always kind of do the same thing. Anyway, thanks for listening to us. It's been a lot of fun. Go find Alex on social media. Maybe we'll tag him on some stuff, give him a follow. He's a cool dude and someone who, I don't know, he was like the cool older guy in high school that I looked up to. And especially with the moves that he's out there making, I can't help but feel the same way. So I I feel a little bit honored that that cool dude would come lend his time to our show. And I'm glad Steven's here too, I guess. Uh, yeah. Someone should be. If you like what we do here, consider supporting us on Patreon. We did a really fun You Can't Disappear show today where we talked about all kinds of stuff. I had a good time. Yeah, and it was we great. do that live every week over there at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast along with all kinds of other stuff and just opportunities for you guys to help us drive the show further, which is what we want to do. We're committed to this show, and I think to an extent we're committed to what might lie past this podcast. So uh, everything you guys do really helps a lot to help us keep this train chugging and to add a couple cars to it. Steven, where can the people find us? Well, if they want to, you know, talk to us, whisper in our little podcasting ears, the best place to do that is over at twitter.com. Uh, under the username of you can't disappod we're also on instagram at can't disappoint podcast um, and we are on facebook and the youtube under the entire name of the show you can't disappoint a podcast Um, as zach said many moons ago give us a thumbs up like subscribe and just smash that subscribe button Uh, and uh yeah check out some of the stuff we've got over there Thanks, everyone, for listening. I love getting an excuse to just be kind of silly and and honestly not think about things outside of community and, and talking to some friends for an hour or two every week is a lot of fun. So um, thanks for giving us the opportunity to continue to do this by listening. It means a lot. And signing off.
Well, before that, Zach, um, today when we're recording, it's my mom's birthday, the incomparable Mary Baker Rudisa. But by the time this comes out, it won't be, so it's... Well, yeah, but I'm wishing her a happy birthday today. Wow, Zach, we'll see who who her favorite is now. I would hope it was never in question. (laughs) You'd be surprised. Uh, we got to get her back on sometime, at least yeah. for a pre-show and for a good episode for her to discuss with us. I think that I would think be a so. lot of fun. So That'd happy fun. birthday, Mary. I, I'm glad that you uh, uh, brought us the the man, Stephen Baker, that sits before us, even though she didn't have anything to do with your birthday. No. It's a complicated situation. Mm-hmm. Straight out of comedy's chest. <laughs> All right. Well, wrapping things up. From inside the dreamatorium, straight out of community's chest, Black Lives Matter. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we love you. Have a good week. We'll see you at the next one. Take care, kiddos. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.